be magnified. He's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. And that's what we come to do. Amen. We, we're glad to be a part of what he's doing in the kingdom. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now for this awesome time that you're giving us. Lord, as members of the body of Christ, Lord, that we gather together to magnify you. Lord, to lift you up and to give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we come to hear from you as well as we come to worship your name, God. And we say, speak to the hearts of each and every one, from the youngest to the eldest of us, Lord. We need you every day. We need your direction. We need your guidance. We need the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord, to order our steps, Lord. So we thank you right now, Lord, for your care, your concern, and your your compassion toward us. Lord, even in our times of trouble, Lord, we know that you're there. Lord, help us to be mindful. Help us to be in tune with you and what it is that you're doing in us, through us, and for us. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. Amen. Thank God again for being here. It's good to see the Nixons in the house. Amen. Love, love your family, man. Glad to see you. Good to see Sister Teasley made it back. Oh, probably, man, we didn't get a chance to say happy anniversary to her last week. But so happy anniversary, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for, you know, what he is doing. You know, and as, as Elder Kim was talking about the opportunity that's presented to us to be able to go to the schools and pray, I was at a pastor's breakfast on last week. Amen. Not this past week, but the week before, you know, and they had some of the school board members there. Lance Gibbons, our school superintendent, amen, our brother in Christ was there, and he introduced the new assistant superintendent who's also a man of faith. Amen. So God's given us depth, amen, and he began to talk about, you know, different things that they're doing in the school, but it blessed me because as I was preparing to leave, a couple of the ladies that were there that worked for the school, I don't know if they were teachers or, you know, what, but they were, they came to me and they said, it was your church that came last year, wasn't it? And I said, uh, yeah, we went to all the schools. And they said, you know what, it was such a blessing to have you guys come to all the schools and show up in the numbers that you did. Because he said the year before when they showed up, it was only like two or three of them, you know, at the schools. But when we came and we blessed them, amen, and we walked and we prayed. They remember, they're watching, and they see, because we're rising up to represent Christ. This is an opportunity God gives us. And, you know, I don't know about you. I'm sure that we're on the same page here. But I, I, you know, I would hate to, you know, see Oak Harbor on the news like we had to endure the story of Sandy Hook. Amen. We don't want that to happen anywhere in our nation. Amen. And we have an opportunity, amen, to cover our schools in prayer, cover our children in prayer, cover our teachers and our administrators in prayer, amen, because you never know what, you know, the enemy is trying to do, whether whether it's a shooter or, you know, it's just, just crazy teaching and other things going on in the school. So when we have an opportunity to represent Christ and to, to go in and, and lay us prayer covering over the schools, we should grab hold of that. Man, we don't, we don't want to be the ones just sitting by just looking saying somebody should do something. This is an opportunity for us to do something. So as we have this opportunity next, next Sunday, amen, as we come to our program and we pray over our children here and, you know, speaking to their lives and as we, we break, amen, to go to the schools, let's, let's take that time. 
amen, to go and cover our youth and our community. Amen. That's where our kids go every day. And we don't know what's being taught sometimes, you know, in those classrooms. We don't know what's going on, you know, in the teachers' lives. You know, one thing I, you know, we begin to see just as I was at that meeting, they have challenges. I mean, sometimes we think the teachers are, you know, they're robots, but they're not. They got issues at home, too. You know, so we need to pray over them and pray for them. I mean, one thing that he was sharing, amen, is that we had, I think he said, 48 new teachers coming into our school system this year. Amen. We need to pray for those people coming in. Pray that they come in with the right spirit. Pray that God helps them to do what they need to begin to do. We have a lot to pray about. Amen. So let's take this opportunity to enter in and do that. Amen. You know, so we're going to go ahead and release our children. Amen. To their classes. We thank God for our young people and all those that instruct them. And after that, we're going to get ready to get into the word of God. Hallelujah. a chance to move around and get settled. Having a good time, amen, with the brothers on Saturday nights. Amen. Last night we had another really good session. I think we had about 30 or 32 brothers in the house. Amen. Digging into this resolution, amen. We resolve to be, to do, amen, to rise up. Amen. I really, I, I know this, that as the men rise, family can't help but rise amen as we raise up the family amen the church amen is going to go higher the community is going to go higher amen your job is going to change amen so it's important that we as men continue to press in and let god stir our hearts amen so that what he's already put in us can be made evident amen as we walk it out each and every day amen I'm, I'm excited about being here. We had a good time. Amen. Pastor Lynn did a great job this morning. For those that were at customer service on this morning, amen, every fifth Sunday we have what we call customer service training. Amen. And we'd like to, you know, just take time to speak into the, all the lives of all those that, that operate and work and serve in the ministry. You know, and it's funny because as she began to talk, we didn't collaborate, but she began to touch on some of the very things that I had planned to talk about this morning. So I'm saying, okay, God. You're just lining it up, amen. And even as it said, as we were in prayer this morning, the Lord really showed up. So I'm excited, amen. amen. I'm stirred in the spirit, I'm, I'm, you know, and, you know, there's so many things going on, so much that I see that God is doing, amen, in us as we, you know, as we come in alignment with him and allow him to be God, amen, greater is happening. Just tell somebody greater is happening. Keep your eyes open. Hallelujah. But on today, amen, what is this? We're moving into what we call Labor Day weekend. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Y'all excited about Labor Day weekend? Uh, get, a, get an extra day off. Amen. Get some time to kick back and relax. Amen. But, you know, I was, I, was, I was thinking on Labor Day, and y'all know me. I'm not, I'm not typically one of those pastors that just follow every, every season you know, what's going on, or this, that, or the other. But uh, the Lord said, but you know, as I was meditating on the Word, you just, I just continue to think about what, what, is, what is Labor Day, and, and how do we really see it? How do we really approach it? 
You know, and if it's you know, it's become the whole thing about Labor Day has now more become more about a personal holiday, personal time off, a personal time for us to, you know, get a day off from work so that we can, you know, relax and kick back and maybe eat some barbecue, you know, gather with the family, you know. But it's really very little on the big scale about really recognizing what it really, the purpose that was behind it, the the reason that we have Labor Day, amen. I mean, some places they still have a Labor Day parade, amen. But, you know, that's not the norm. So why, why, why do we do this, amen? Is it just a day to get some barbecue and relax and go to the beach or sleep in or, you know, what, what is that all about? You know, so just, just reading and looking at the origins, how did it develop? Where did it come from? How many of us even know, you know, how Labor Day started and why? How many of you even care? Hello. Just don't take it away from me, right? Uh, it's an extra day off. For some of us, extra day off would pay, right? Well, hey, it can't, it can't be no harm in that. They don't mess with it, Pastor Dave. Don't, 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 don't mess with it. No, but Labor Day, man, is a holiday that in, that's celebrated, obviously, on the first Monday of September, and it's been going on for... Oh, goodness, for quite a while now. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of history about Labor Day. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Because y'all going to know a little bit more. Some, some of us that don't know, amen, will have a little better understanding. We're not going to spend a lot of time there because we've got a lot of ground to cover. Amen. But it, it, it was a celebration of the American labor movement. Amen. And it's dedicated to the social and economic achievements of the nation's workers. You know, it was instituted and constitutes a yearly national tribute, amen, to the contribution workers have made to the strength, prosperity, and well-being of their country. Amen. Now think about that for a minute. It's a, it's a tribute to you who work, who contribute to the country. Amen. And also Canada and other places around, you know, the world have Labor Day. In fact, Canada celebrates theirs the same day we do. Amen. But, you know, so do we think about the tribute to workers or do we just think about the day off? Come on, let's be honest. It's a day off. Where are we going? Where are we going to get together? Are we going to your house? You know, or, or, where, where's the gathering going to be, right? You know, because we've got some time off, and, you know, before we go to school, let's just have one last barbecue to wrap up the summer and, you know, get together, and then let's, let's just do it. But, no, as we begin to think about that tribute, I mean, the Labor Day was, you know, it was promoted by the Central Liberty, I mean, Labor Union and the Knights of Labor, who organized the first Labor Day parade in New York City. Wow. And our president, Grover Cleveland, back in 1887, made it a national holiday. It's been around for a while. Amen? Labor Day. So no wonder it's lost its meaning. I mean, we're talking about over 120 years ago, amen, it was established. You know, so we begin to think about, wow. You know, so here we are. We're still enjoying the fruits Amen, uh, of the passion of the labor unions. I want you to think about that. 
the labor unions could recognize the fact that people have worked hard to establish this country. So we need to promote something. We need to give, give back. We need to recognize them. We need to celebrate them. We need to honor them, the workers of the nation, because they've worked hard and they continue to work hard to make this our a great nation. So we want to honor the workers for what they have done. We want to reward them. Can I use that word? We want to reward them, amen, with a day off and make it a national you know, tribute to the workers. Now, I begin to ponder on that and think about that. If the labor unions can recognize those who worked hard and want to celebrate you and commemorate you and reward you for your hard work, establishing a nation, a country, building it, keeping it going, Labor unions, the Knights of Labor. I don't even know who they were. I didn't even bother to look all that up. I didn't have time for all that. You know, the Central Labor Union. But just the union. Say, we want to be a blessing to people because they work. Can you imagine how much more the Lord God will remember, will celebrate, will honor, and reward those who work to establish his kingdom. We're talking about Labor Day today. Amen. Just as we started off talking about, you know, uh, you know, customer service, we, we like to honor those who just work in this house. But just think for a moment if we would really begin to understand who it is that we serve overall. Amen. How much more God will honor us. Amen. See, we've gotten to the, the, the place that we, you know, as, as, as I pointed out, made clear, many of us don't even really understand what Labor Day was all about. You know, so how many people really don't understand what it's all about to serve God? We come for our own selfish reasons. See, I just want to talk to us a little bit today. It's okay. Amen. We, 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 we come, most of us come because we were hurting, we were in trouble, we needed help, we needed rescue, we needed deliverance, we needed something, somebody to help me right now. Because I'm going through some things and, you know, my, well, my life ain't what it needs to be. So we came, let's be honest, we came, you know, even if you just realized that heaven and hell is real and you didn't want to bust hell wide open, you came for selfish reasons. Save me, God, from myself. Very few people came to God saying, how can I serve you from the onset? What can I do for you? What can I do to help establish your kingdom in the earth? And many, many, many Christians are still in the kingdom not asking that question. We're still in the receive mode. Hello? Am I talking to anybody this morning? We're still in the receiver. See, it's time, it's time for us to get out of the receiver. We've received the greatest thing, amen, that we possibly can receive, and that's our salvation. Hallelujah. If he never does another thing for you or me, I've already received the greatest thing that he can give me. Greater than a car, a house, a healing, a miracle. Greater than anything, because it's a miracle to save this soul. 
Uh, so we've already received the greatest thing he can give us, but if we keep focused on what else I can get out of this deal, what else is in it for me? And then when things don't go like we want them to go, God takes something that we want to hold on to, possesses things, people, we get mad at him almost to the point that we're willing to forfeit the greatest thing that he gave us. Trying to help us this morning. Go with me to Deuteronomy 8. You talking about Labor Day? We need some laborers in the kingdom. Hallelujah. But Deuteronomy 8, the 18th verse makes it clear that we can't do anything in and of ourselves. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. He says this to us, amen, as we look at it. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he. You know, up be, above that, he, he, he makes it clear, but I don't want to take time to read all that. He makes it clear. Don't think you're doing all this by yourself. Huh? That's why he can start with a but. You know, you get time, go back and read the rest. He kind of puts them in their place, and that applies to us too. Amen. But he says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that... Give it the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. He said, he's the one that gave us the power. He's the one that gave us the ability. You ain't getting up going to work because you can do it all by yourself. God's the one that gave you the strength. You ain't the one that can remember and read and know these things and have knowledge, amen, just because you're so smart. God gave you the ability to learn, to retain Amen. And to recall the information, he is the one that empowers us to do whatsoever it is that we do. But sometimes we begin to do it so well, we begin to get prideful. Oh, see. See, if you, you know, now, now, I, I, I make it clear. I mean, all you got to do is just get in a car accident and bump your head. You forget everything you thought you knew with your great power. See, we need to really come to the place to realize we are completely and totally and utterly dependent upon God. Period. If he says stop beating, what you going to do with your heart? If he freezes your diaphragm, how are you going to take the next breath? See, see we, are, we are completely dependent upon him. And you know what? I don't mind being dependent upon him. In fact, I'm glad I can be dependent upon him. I wish I'd have understood that sooner. Then I'd have been less dependent upon myself in the early years, and I wouldn't have made some mistakes trying to figure it out and do it all on my own. According to my understanding, I would have been impacted by all the things that preceded me, amen, that precipitated into my life and made me have the wrong thoughts and the wrong actions and the wrong understandings. So, but the more I can recognize him, the more I can depend on him, the more I can yield to him, amen, the more he's able to move freely in my life and in yours. As we yield and recognize that we need him, he's the one that gives us the ability to do anything. Amen. It was a gift from God, unbeknownst to us. And all right, so what is a gift? We're going to talk about a few things here this morning. A gift. Amen. If we can look at it in two ways, it's a, it's a notable capacity, talent, or endowment. This person's been gifted to do this or that. Amen. It's recognizable. You can see their gifting. 
whether it's singing, dancing, preaching, amen, whatever, no matter what it is, whether they're gifted in business, whether they're gifted in finance, amen, you, you, you meet people and it's just like it's no problem to, for them because they have a gift in certain areas. That's not because of them. Amen? Gifted, amen, total recall, instant recall, all, all those things. It's not something that a man can sit down, I'm just going to get total recall today. You know, I'm just going, you know, no, that, it doesn't happen like that. God is the one that empowers us, whether it's in, in the kingdom, no matter who we are, saved and unsaved, God has gifted people with abilities. Do you not think he wants to reap some of those abilities for his kingdom? Hello. So what's the other way we can look at a gift? Amen. It's something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. In other words, it's something that you can't earn. Amen. If I walk and give you a gift, it's not because you did something great. Hallelujah. Say, well, what if I forgive you a Christmas, a birthday gift? Amen. Or a Christmas gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't, you didn't create your birthday. I'm just celebrating it with you. Amen. Christmas had nothing to do with you. I'm just celebrating it with you. Amen. See, so when, when it's a real gift, it's not about what you've done. It's about what I want to do for you, what I want to give to you. Because if you had to do something to get it, it's no longer a gift. If you had to do something to earn it, it's no longer a gift. It's a reward. Amen? It's compensation. It's, it's, it's payment for what you have done. Amen? So, so when we look at that, that's exactly what, you know, we want to say what is a reward. Amen? It's something given for a service or an achievement. It's compensation. It's, it's a payment but it's not a gift. If I had to do something to get you to like me, your liking me is not a gift. Some people, you know, oh goodness, help me, Holy Spirit. Some people feel like their friendship in your life is a reward. Hello? Huh? Oh, well, yeah, you, you've been good to me, so I'll reward you with my friendship. But if you act up, I'll take it right back. Huh? But the scripture tells me a, a true fan, a, a true friend, stick closer than a brother. Amen. Yeah, he sticks closer at all times. A true friend, amen, will never, you know, he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk. A true friend will go through hell and high water with you. A true friend will go, when you, when you the one got yourself in the ditch, he'll come in there with you to help you walk. A true friend, amen, well, you see, but, hello, we need true friends. In our life, it's hard to find a true friend these days. That's why we need people who are stuck in God. Because with him, we learn how to really be a true friend one to another. Amen? So we got to look at these things. And then we, we, we look at labor, labor day. What is labor? Amen? It's an expenditure of physical or, emo or, or mental effort especially when difficult or compulsory. You're required to do it as labor. i got to work. Amen. So all these things, they, they, they come into play in our relationship with God. The gifts, the labor, amen, the rewards, all these things come into play in our relationship with God. And we need to understand how they all fit because they're all important. Amen. He calls us to work. He calls us to labor. Amen. In his kingdom, the scripture talks about, you know, pray for the Lord of the harvest that he might send forth laborers into his harvest. 
Amen. Who's the Lord of the harvest? The Lord. Looking for laborers. And this is what Jesus told him to pray for this. That he'll send labor. We need laborers in the kingdom. Amen. We're going to look at some scriptures here. Remember, you know, we, we begin to understand there's gifts. Now, your salvation is a gift from God. They, they all have a place, amen. So I want to make something very clear to us, amen. You cannot work for your salvation. You cannot earn your salvation, amen. It is clearly a gift from God, amen. Nothing you can do to get it, amen. Nothing you can do to earn it. You can't be good enough. Go to Ephesians, the second chapter with me. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get these things mixed up. Ephesians, I'm going to come out to King James, Ephesians 8 through 10 says it like this. For by grace, say grace, grace. by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What not of myself? Neither one. You know, I can't give myself grace, and the faith comes from God. You say, he's the one that gives unto every man a measure of faith. Amen. So, but he says, it is a gift from God. It is a gift of God. Amen. Look what it says in the ninth verse. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are the workmanship, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, that passage right there is powerful. Because you let us know salvation is a gift. We're saved, amen, by him. But why? What does it say? Unto good works created by Christ Jesus to do what? Unto good works. So, oh, you mean he saved us so that we can do some work. Is that, I, I'm, I'm looking up there, which, huh, which God hath before ordained. He ordained our salvation through Christ Jesus, and he ordained that we work in his kingdom. Amen? That we should walk in, not it. See, because they got to figure out which one we're walking in, the salvation or the works. But he said that we should walk in them both. I've received my salvation. I need to walk in that, but as I'm walking in that, I need to be doing something. Huh? As unto God. Not as unto man, but as unto God. He's the one that saved me. Amen. So therefore, now why should I do that? Because he ordained it from the foundations of the world. He's the one that created us. That's like this microphone I'm wearing saying, why should I amplify the voice that's coming to me? Because you were created to. I could take it off and try to stir my coffee with it, but that's not what it was created for. It might, if I stir it fast enough and long enough, it might work. Because it's kind of thin. But if I use it for its intended purpose, huh? See, so what am I saying? If we understand our call to salvation, amen, and we allow God to use us for our intended purpose, how powerful can we become for the kingdom of God? How much more can we do? But see, when we think we're here for our own volition and our own accord and our own understanding, our own glory and edification, that's not our intended purpose. You never reach your full potential. You might get the accolades of man, and, you know, you, you might get your name up on the billboard and the lights. You know, you might, you know, get your YouTube channel going. You might do all that kind of stuff. But 
you still haven't reached your full intended purpose in God. Because his is much greater than anything that we can accomplish or think we can accomplish. And what we do, for, only what we do for him, what? It's going to last. See, outside of him, we can't do nothing that will matter eternally. Amen? Not for the good. I'll say it like that. So we begin to look at this, this scripture, but I want to read that, path, that same passage, amen, out of the Amplified. Is that okay? It's a little more lengthy, but it's a little more detailed than the Amplified Bible. Amen. Again, Ephesians 8, I mean 2 and 8. So for it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from the judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves or your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of law of the law's demand, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of any what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in it, or take glory to himself. In other words, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen? But I can receive it. That's a good thing. The 10th verse says this, For we are God's own hand, handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestinated, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, live the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Amen. He's got a path. He's got a purpose. Amen. For us to walk in. But when we don't follow him, when we don't connect with him, when we don't come in line with him, we find our own way. Amen. That's where we end up on so many rabbit trails in life. But he has a purpose. Purpose. He has the perfect plan for our lives. He will order our steps. He will direct our course. Amen. He will get us to where we need to be. Amen. And what we need to do for his kingdom. Remember, we were made and created for his glory. Amen. Not our own. So as we continue to look at that and come to realize, where have I been? Am I on the right track? You ever go to a city or, you know, one day, am I on the right road? Huh? I've been there. You know, you're just kind of get lost. You kind of, you know, then you you got to get back to the GPS, or you got to find someone who lives there in, in order to get back on the right track, so you can get to your destination. That's why we need to come to God. Lord, help me to get to my destination. Because if I, I I keep going, I'm going to end up somewhere, but it's not where I need to be, not where I want to be, not where I'm supposed to be. So we need to call upon Him and say, Lord, help us. Amen so that we can be in the place that God wants us to be. So let's look, you know, as, as we operate in this kingdom now, as we, we work on understanding the kingdom of God, salvation is free, amen, but it, it talks about laborers, amen. We just saw that, the works, the things that we need to do. It talks about those things. Let's, let's go to the Second Timothy 4. Hallelujah. God's got some things he desires of us. And look look what he said, what the Apostle Paul told Timothy, amen, about this very thing, amen, and what he had to say even concerning the fivefold. But 
Timothy 4, verse number 5 through 8. King James. Hallelujah. Say, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He said, now you got to take over. Basically, he said, Timothy, I'm ready to pass the baton. You know, you know I'm, I'm ready to go. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. In other words, my assignment. I've done what I needed to do, what I was told to do. I have kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. With, uh-oh, sounds like a reward. Huh? Amen? He said, a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. So, I finished my, I mean, Apostle Paul said, I finished my course. It's laid up a crown of righteousness for me that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me. In other words, I got a reward waiting on me. Amen? See, I told, I mean, we're talking about the gift, we're talking about the labor, and we're talking about the reward. And there's so many, I can't even begin to go to all the scriptures to help, you know, understand this. Amen. But then he says, he said, and not to me only. Hello. Say, that includes me. But unto all them also which love his appearing. In other words, all those who love it when he shows up. Now, now, as I was talking to the men last night, we were, we were talking about, you know, how we have certain responsibilities as fathers and and it comes to a place that, you know, when God leaves you in charge, when he comes back, he got some expectation. As a man over your house, and I use the illustration, those of us who have multiple children, we would sometimes leave the older one in charge of the younger. Amen. But we hold the older one responsible for what the younger ones do when we come back. Why? Because we left them in charge. Isn't that right, Annette? Mm-hmm. So therefore, she understood what it was like, amen, when mom and dad came back home after going shopping or going on a date or whatever we were going to do, amen, and we, we came back and the house was a mess. We said, Lynette. And she goes us down, well, this one did that. And they, no, no, you were in charge. See, if, if we as parents can have that kind of expectation because we know who we left in charge. And then we expand that and say, okay, God gave us all responsibility. And he knows what he's left us in charge. So, therefore, when he, when he comes back, that's why he said for those who love his appearance, because if everything was right when we got home, see, didn't mind us coming home. Dad, are we, are we happy? Everything's in order. I'm going to get reward. I'm going to get paid for babysitting. But when things wasn't in order, it was a whole other story. <laughs> Hello? So, therefore... We should be happy at his appearing. Why? Because we know that we have a reward laid up, up in store. Isn't that right? See how this thing works, amen? When we really understand, we begin to work it out, amen? We begin to do what we need to do. But see, there's no reward for the, 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 the one that's not really willing to work. Y'all got to work with me here. Amen. Work with the scripture. I'm just, I'm just sharing the word, okay? Can I just share the word with you? Amen. God has an expectation of you and me for his kingdom. We can do a lot of great things for ourselves, but what are we doing for his kingdom? See, he said, you know, I think about the passage. I don't even have it in my notes. He said, you know, the, the life that I now live is not mine, it's not I, but it's the Christ who, what, 
liveth in me. Amen. See, so therefore, it's not about you no more. It really comes down to what am I doing for the kingdom? How am I functioning for the kingdom? Am I, am I full of good works that are glorifying him? You know, we, we say, I've seen this year, you know, for your glory. Amen. So uh, everything that we're doing, every, everything that we're engaged in, every conversation that we should be having should be for the glory of God. Amen. So that knocks out all the gossip right there. That knocks out all the backbiting. That knocks out all the negative stuff. Amen. If every conversation is for his glory, some of us wouldn't have very much to say. I'm not just talking about here in the kingdom. Why? Because a lot of things that come out of our mouth. Can I just be real this morning? The children are out. I'm talking about the adults. Most of the things that come out of our mouth, we got to ask ourselves, is this really for the glory of God? Or is it for the glory of me? If it's for you, then you're not, you're not working for God right then. Oh, we might do a few things around the house, you know, but are we really working for God consistently? Have we really given our life completely and totally over to him? See, it might seem like, well, but Pastor David, that's just so hard. It just requires so much of me. Yes, it does. It requires a lot of us. But I can't agree with you that it's hard. Because if we surrender our will, it don't have to be hard. If we surrender to him, amen, it don't have to be hard. If we really begin to understand, amen, who it is that we are and who it is that he is, it doesn't have to be hard. See, it's hard when we resist. Huh? Resistance makes it hard, amen, but, you know, but when you yield, it's not so hard. Okay, Lord, I'm going to try. But, see, that's one of the problems is do we trust him enough to yield to him? Do we trust him that he's going to work us through, get me through this situation, although it looks crazy, although it looks negative, but yet, Lord, I trust you. You know, we got to get past, you know, what we see, amen, and begin to trust him based on what we believe that he is God, and that he is able to handle every situation, and he is able to turn everything around. No matter what's coming at me, a Mack truck might be coming at me, but he's still God. And I trust him, but see, when, when my senses, my natural senses, cause me to back off from my spiritual understanding, which one is greater? We've got to get to the place that we understand, amen, that the natural does not override the spiritual unless we choose to allow it to. No matter what we go through, he's still there. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you. I will always be for you. And we need to grasp that 100%. No matter what it is that we're going through, he's with me and he's for me. It looks crazy right now. He's with me and he's for me. They're talking about me right now. He's with me and he's for me. I don't have no job right now. He's with me and he's for me. Everybody's trying to pull me down. He's with me and he's for me. They don't like me no more. He's with me and he's for me. If we just get that in our spirit. We can be able to stand in the midst of all the struggles that come our way. Because he's with you in, in the pit. He was with the Hebrew boys in the fire. And they came out not smelling like smoke. Clothes not sins. But they were still had to go through the fire. And because they went through the fire, the whole kingdom was changed. Are you willing to go through the fire to change your family? 
Are you willing to go through the fire to save that one person on your job? So you don't know what he's doing through your fire. So you got to realize it's not about me. I am his representative in the earth. Amen. And he wants to use me in a way that's going to touch and reach somebody else because he's already got me. Or does he? Because if he has us, we're willing to go through whatever he allows to come our way for his glory. We got to get off the woe is me and the why is me. See, hmm, are you ready to finish your course? Oh, amen. As the Apostle Paul said, I finished, I've kept the faith. No matter what hit me, no matter what came against me, I kept the faith. I continued to stand. I didn't buckle under the weight, amen, and the threat of what might happen to me. We as God's people got to stop talking about what might happen to us. Did God let it happen? And, and even if he lets it happen, he's able to get you through it for his glory. I'm a living witness. And I got witnesses in here. You've gone through things that you didn't think you was going to make it through. But yet he was there with you. He got you through it. Amen. And when you did it right, he's the one that got glorified. If we would just stop fighting and realize that he is our vindicator, he is our deliverer, he is our keeper, he is the lifter of our head, he is the lover of our soul. Hey, man, it's not about what everybody else is doing. But what, God, what are you doing in this situation? Don't let me do anything in this situation that's going to steal from your glory. Because I'm, a, I'm your vessel. If you want to use me as a spittoon, I'm your vessel. Oh, see, y'all don't like that part. Huh? Some don't even know what a spittoon is. <laughs> huh? But whatever he wants to use you for, are we willing? Are we ready? See, this is I'm talking I'm talking about a surrendered life. Amen. He's given us the gift of salvation. He's drawn us unto himself. Amen. He now we say, Lord, use me. But not like that. Use me, but not over there. Use me, but not in their life. You know, use me. You know, we want to be used of God, but we want to be used only the way we want to be used. We want to be used in a way that we can get the glory, that we can get the recognition, that we can get the accolade, that we can be the, you know, ooh, look what so-and-so. No, 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 no. You already got your reward, and God can't get nothing, no glory out of that. You, you done stole it for yourself. Help me, Holy Spirit. Let me, let me get back on track here. Hallelujah. But he wants to do so many great things in us. Amen. But he's not going to force any of them on us. Huh? He's already equipped us. He's prepared. I wish y'all was here on Wednesday night. Well, we had a good time. Amen. Just understanding the, 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 the present tenses that the word speaks about us. That you already have the mind of Christ. That he's already given you all things that pertain to life. It's already in you. Everything that we need, everything that we, we need to, to conquer this world is already in. We're not trying. We don't come to church to try to attain it. We're really coming to try to understand it. Help me to apprehend this thing that's already apprehended me. It's already got me. But I don't understand. Help me wrap my mind around the power, the authority, and the gifting that's already inside of me. This is what God wants us to do. He, he, you, you, were, you were created, you were conceived with, with, with great power and authority in you. 
before the OBGYN could find you with the, with the ultrasound. You were powerful. Huh? It was already there. It was already in your DNA. Huh? Let's see. We, 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 we come into this world, and next thing you know, the world begins to paint a different picture. And we get caught up in the picture that we see, and we never discover what's really in me. And then when someone begins to tell you how great you are, you but but I did this, and, and, and but they said that, and, 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 and but I went through this, and, and our natural senses override what God has already done spiritually. And we fight the fight, Amen. And we find, you know, why? Because now our, our our mind and our flesh has been so connected to this world that it's hard for us to reconnect ourselves to the spiritual realm. And that's what he's trying to get us to do, to unplug from this. I, I think about the movie Matrix. Which pill did you swallow? It was forced down your throat, the green one or the red one? Huh? As I said before, the world has been pulled over our eyes, and we can't see the truth. The truth is, as a child of God, you are powerful. Amen. As, a, as, a, as a child of God, you should be able to speak things that are not as though they are. Amen. Your words have power and authority. Amen. You are destined to change the atmosphere. But if we don't know what's in us, we can't. I was talking to my grandson yesterday. He said, and, and uh, I just shared this with him real quick in the living room. I said, look, it's just like you were born and you didn't know who your daddy was. So you've been living one style, one lifestyle. Then for, through a course of actions, you found out that someone like Bill Gates was your daddy. He said, I've been living like this. Well, I could have had all that. How, would, how many of y'all would like to find out that, you know, Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or someone that, that had that kind of money was your daddy? For real. How uh, once you realize this is my real DNA, that's what I'm trying to get us to see now. Your real DNA came from God. What is that? His divine nature and attributes are in you. It's set in you now. But we need to understand that. He's called us unto himself. So that now we can function at the right level. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the ghetto. I'm going to be a child of God. Huh? I'm no more stuck in the commons. I'm no more stuck in Cabrini Greens. I'm, I'm moving up. I'm going to a place. I'll see somebody else. I'm going to prize this. Y'all know about. You know. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I'm moving up. Huh? I'm, I'm, I'm going higher than the Jeffersons. Huh? Oh, some of y'all, some of y'all recognize that. Huh? I'm, I'm leaving, huh? Come on, somebody. That's what God is saying to you. As a child of God, you need, you, you need to recognize who you are. Hallelujah, Lord. But in order to get there now, just like our natural children, he's still got some things he wants you to do. He's brought you into the kingdom. He saved you. Amen. Just like our natural, natural kids didn't have nothing to do with them getting here. Hello? They had nothing to do, amen, absolutely nothing. You had absolutely nothing to do with your coming into the world. Huh? You couldn't have told your parents in advance, I want blue eyes or I want, you know. You didn't put in your order. It was not an Internet order. Huh? You had nothing to do with that. And that's just about how much you had to do with getting saved. Huh? Nothing. 
Nothing. He said, well, I accepted him. Nothing. I want to make that absolutely clear. You had nothing to do with getting saved. Because before you accepted him, the scripture said you couldn't even come unless he drew you. Huh? You had absolutely nothing to do. He had a purpose for you. That's why he drew you. That's why he's done what he's done, to bring you into his kingdom, to give you the gift of salvation, just like your mom and dad coming together by God's functioning, amen, and his authority in the seed gave you life. He brought you here. He brought you to the kingdom for his purposes. Now that you're here, just like I now, now that you're here, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to mature you. Now i got some work for you to sweep that floor. Huh? Learn how to change your brother or sister's diaper. Oh, see, see, come on. I got one in here that changed my diaper. Huh? Don't let your imagination go wild. Huh? Huh? <laughs> he was there to help. He was five, five and a half years ahead of me. All those on that back wall back there. You know, say what? You know, but see, so what am I saying? Oh, when your spiritual brother or sister poop, they stink. I'm going to go over here with these folks. Guess what? They got their time too. Huh? See, so when, when, we, when we understand as we're growing up as the children of God, amen, as we walk together, we are here to help one another. We're here to do the work that he's saved us to do for the kingdom, iron sharpening iron, us walking together, preferring one another, one another especially those of the household of faith. I've got to be around unsaved people. That's because you need to get closer to God yourself. Huh? Now, we have a purpose amen, in their life, but when you say you'd rather, that bespeaks your relationship with God, my friend. Because that's not, that doesn't line up with Scripture. That's contrary to the Word of God. But we say it flippantly sometimes when we upset with people. Just die. Just don't want to be around them church folks. Church people. Well, what are you? What's your church yourself? Huh? I, I, I'm just being real. Okay? Can, I, can, I, can I just be real? Huh? Can I pastor this church? Huh? I'm trying to help us. Amen, because I love every single one of you, and I, because it's the love of God that he's put in me. But I can't, I, I can't come here and stroke everybody and pacify everybody and say, you okay, when we know we got some more work to do. Clean your room. Huh? Hallelujah. We got to rise up. You know, we want the rewards. We want all these things, but, but we don't want to do the work. Somebody got to do the work. Somebody got to scrub the toilet or them places be stinking. Huh? Somebody got to step up. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me, let me move on. Yeah. I, I'm trying. Lord knows I'm trying. But I just, I just purposely yield to him today. Let's go to second, first Corinthians. Hallelujah. He also, as he was speaking to Timothy, hmm. thank you, Lord. First Corinthians 15, 
and 50. And I think this one of them pastors, she pulled out, yep, one of them pastors, she pulled out this morning and said, no, she didn't. Huh? Amen. But it says, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, steadfast, unmovable, always, always. Not when you feel like it, but always. Not when it's just going good, but always. Not when you understand it all, but always. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Whose work? The work of the Lord. Amen? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. Should I stop there? Amen. That's, that's good. Keep going. In the Lord. Because if you ain't working in the Lord, it is in vain. He said the scripture that labor labors in vain, except the Lord build the house. Huh? Hello? He said, except the Lord build the house, he didn't labor, labor in vain. So I don't care what you build in a house, a business, a family. If you ain't doing it as a God, you just in vain. You know, you might, you might be on the Forbes 500, but it's in vain. Because it's got no kingdom value. It's got no kingdom Continuance. It has significance only in this world. But we are not in this world or of this world. Huh? So I want what I do. I want what you do to have significance in the kingdom of God. So that means when we do it as unto God, it has significance. Amen. And it can affect lives. Amen. It can make change. And God gets the glory. That's what gives it significance. When we do it as unto him. Amen. When we're laboring in him. But we got to do some work. We got to do something for the kingdom. It's, too, it's time out for waiting for the kingdom to do stuff for us. Huh? Man, we should be affecting the city. We should be affecting the nation. We, we shouldn't be saying we need a handout. I'll see. That's where we're going. That's where we got to get. Amen. That the world be looking to the church for direction. The world be looking for the church. How in the world y'all operating over there? How are you, you doing this? Give us some direction. Give us some counsel. Amen. We're facing this in the city. We're facing that in the city. Can you, can you pray for us? Huh? Oh, God, God will do it. God will do it. Amen. Proverbs ten sixteen. I like this one. He said, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life, but the fruit of the wicked to sin. So I want, I want my labor to lead to life. You see, and I'm not just talking about the life in this world. Huh? And we've been talking about life in Bible study. So y'all that miss Bible study, y'all missing a whole lot. Huh? Y'all missing a whole lot. Amen. But, but. It's life. It's tending toward that life that God wanted us to have, wanted us to have from the very beginning. Amen. When we're doing it as unto God, when we're understanding who we are, amen, there's there's a reward laid up for us. Isn't that right? Isn't that what the scripture tells us? Amen. How many of y'all want y'all reward? Huh? Now, reward, like it's not a gift. Let me show you a passage real quick. I, you know, because my time is, is, is running, but I want to show you this passage. Amen. Let's go to Revelation 22. Yes, Revelation. <laughs> he said Revelation. I like that. 
Revelations 22 and 12. Just that one verse, all right, because I can hang out this whole area, you know, 12. We're we going to look at this. Here. And behold, I come quickly. In other words, he's not going to be, when it's time to come, he's going to come. He ain't going to be waiting for you to get ready. You better be ready. He said, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Hallelujah. To give to every man according as his what? Work shall be. Now, I want to make a point here. He said, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. So somebody had to do something to earn this reward. Amen? Somebody had to do, some, do something. To, but let me, let me say this. A reward can be good or bad. According to your work. You do bad work, you can get a bad reward. Do good works, it's going to be a good reward. But there got to be some works. Salvation is free. Works are required for reward, not for salvation. I don't know about y'all. I think about St. John. You know, John 14 and 1, he said, Behold, you know, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, I just, you know, I just begin to think about that scripture. He said, If it was not so, I would have told you. You can go over there and read it. But, but I think about that. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. Hmm. And then we, we look at this passage. He said his reward is coming with him. What is that reward? Oh, goodness. My God, help me. Because he also says, you know, that he, John said, I looked up and saw, you know, a new heaven and a new earth coming down out of heaven. There's a bride adorned for her husband. Now, now I, I'm, I'm looking at all these passages, how they come together, and I don't know about you. I, I want to do some work for God, so I'm, Lord, I'm as the scriptures tell me, I'm storing up treasure where? In heaven, amen, so that when he come back, he bringing it with him. Amen. And, and, and I just might be able to qualify for one of them mansions. But if I ain't doing no work, I'm still saved. I still got salvation. But I don't want to be in no pup tent. Now, that's just for illustration purposes. I'm trying to help us understand because he said he's going to reward every man according to his works. Reward, that's because you've done something for his kingdom. You've allowed yourself to be used for his kingdom. We don't want to be like the, the, the ten who, you know, not the ten, but the ones he gave the talents. So he gave one, one, you know, two. And then one five, and he came back later on. He said, what'd you do with what I gave you? What'd you do with the talents? What'd you do with the gifts that I gave you? The abilities that I gave you? Huh? And one of the ones that did work, he increased it. He, he, he rewarded them. But the one that sat on it and didn't do nothing? He, what did he say to him? Thou wicked and slowful servant. Can I use today's vernacular? You lazy rascal. You didn't do nothing with what I gave you. And he took it from him and gave it to one of the other, one that had the ten, and said, okay. And they said, no, no, no. Then he said, and cast him out. I can't use somebody who won't work. Huh? I'm trying to provoke us. God got stuff for you. 
I mean, he called you unto salvation. He's equipped you, amen. He's given you gifts and talents and abilities, amen. He said, won't you use it for me? Won't you use it for me? Won't you, won't you say, what can I do? Where can I serve? How can I, how can I be used in my community? How can I serve on my job? How can I be a light and a witness? See, all the work ain't in the house here. He says, send forth workers and laborers into the vineyard. So when you're out there, you should be still thinking, Lord, what can I do for you? Who can I reach for you? How can I be a light for you in this situation? No matter where you are, you are there for his purposes. Not your own. And when we really get that, now, God, you know, I, I, I miss my baby girl. She's not here, amen. I thank God for the ones that are. But, you know, I miss my baby girl. No, I'm not talking about Jericho. <laughs> I miss her, too. Amen. got four girls. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Thank God. Because I think about my dad. He had to deal with five boys. Whew. You know, but I'll talk about Monica. You know. And why? Because let me see. She's always serving. She's here. You know, she's home recuperating from her surgery. But I've watched Monica, you know, over the last three, four years or maybe a little longer. You know, some of y'all don't know how shy Monica was. Huh? How withdrawn, you know, even though she would be here. But, you know, even as a child, she wouldn't even let Pastor Linda go up and lead praise and worship without standing right next to her holding her skirt. She was, that was Monica. She's up here leading the world. But see, Monica made a decision a few years back. What was it, about three or four years? Yeah. You know, she made a decision, you know what, I'm going I'm to make myself available to God. I'm going to come out my shell. And I watched her as she began to approach people, as she began to come out that shell, not being afraid to talk to people about God and not being afraid to be friendly to people and approach people. And, and now Monica got more friends and more people chasing after her. I run into people in the city I don't even know telling me how wonderful Monica is. Your daughter's amazing. You know, but she made a decision. I want to be available to God. I want to be used by God. You know, so therefore, if she can do it, why can't any one of us do it? I want to be available to God. She's made a difference beyond these walls because she decided that I got more to share. And I'm tired of being afraid. See, and any one of us, amen, when we grab hold of it and say, I want God to shine through me. And I've watched, like I said, I've watched what he's done in her life. And not just her, but she's, a, she's one of those examples that is easy to use because many of you know who Monica is and who she has become. And how loving she is to all, amen. And I see people emulating and following after why because she's set a standard don't, don't hate. Celebrate. Huh? Come on, somebody. Don't, don't hate, because sometimes people get me, why she got all the friends? Huh? Don't hate. Celebrate. Take a page from her book. Better yet, take a page from the Word of God. That's what she did. He that had friends must first. Why nobody like me? Well, work on me, Lord. That's what we need to be saying. Work on me, Lord. Take me to the next level. Help me to get to that place to where for your glory I'm living. For your glory. So now that when the time comes, I can be like Paul. I'm going to have to wrap it up. I can't even get to half the scriptures. I, you know, but help me to be like Paul. That I can be able to say I have finished my course. 
I have kept the faith. And now henceforth is laid up for me. But you know what? I can show I can, if I don't have time, but I can show you scripture where he said, I ain't gotta wait till henceforth. Huh? He said he wants to bless me now and in this life and in the world to come. Because I've made myself available to him. Huh? He'll reward me now, and then I can still get my reward later. Don't you, don't you want to get in that category? Huh? To where you can receive more from God, more strength, more glory, more honor operating in your life because you've made yourself more available to him. Let me, let me read that, that part again that it, it said. What, what the unions were, were trib- given the workers tribute about. He said, they, because of they, they contributed, I mean, they, they contributed workers for the contribution of the workers had made for, to, for the strength, prosperity, and well-being of the country. Now imagine, if your contribution to the kingdom helps to bring strength, prosperity, and wellness to the kingdom. We think God will do for you. Huh? I mean, if man will reward man for just doing those things. You know, overall, man, if they don't know, they're just workers. But God know you. He know you by name. He know your struggles. He know, amen, every sacrifice that you're making to bring strength, wellness, and prosperity to his kingdom. Huh? And he, he said, God will not let you be in his debt. So when you take time out to share his goodness, when you take time out to be a blessing to the house, when you bring your tithes and your offering, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there too. That's part of the things that he wants us to do, amen. Why? Oh, imagine that. He wants me to be a blessing to his house. Then we read Deuteronomy 8, 18. Huh? He's the one that gave us the ability to gain wealth. I mean, there's a whole lot of scriptures I go on. I, I don't want to take time. You know, why? So he could establish his covenant. He gives us instruction, amen, on how he set things up to finance his house. But then you take it up on yourself and say, well, all this is for me. This is mine. Huh? But he's the one that gave you the ability to get it. No, the, the model, the, the example he gave the Israelites is bring 10% to the house. Huh? And besides that, you know, he said, they, he, he told them, you robbing me in tithes and offerings. We can't keep robbing God. Huh? We got a mint in the back of the church somewhere? We just printing money? No. God got a plan. And when we participate with that plan, amen, the house is blessed, your house is blessed. The kingdom is blessed, but we need to make up our mind that I'm not going to just take everything God gave me the ability to make and keep it to myself. Huh? Yeah, I'm not going to just take that 10%. Well, it's time for me to go on vacation. Oh, Pastor David, why are you? You was doing good. You was doing all right till you start talking about money. Huh? What if you go to work and you, you, you apply for a job and they talk about everything but money? And then you, you decide you're going to bring it up at the end. 
and they look, look at you like, you want to get paid for this? Huh? We need to understand that's a part of our committing ourselves to God. Amen. That's a part, amen, of helping to support the work of ministry. Amen. And he's the one. He's our rewarder. If we would just trust him. If we would just say, Lord, I'm going to do my part. I'm, I'm not going to be called a robber no more. Uh, you know, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting to me, you know, and I, I, I like to look at terms, you know, and there's burglars, there's thieves, and then there's robbers. A burglar usually shows up when you're not home. Hmm? A thief will steal in secret. Whether you sit there and they're reaching your purse, they'll they do it in secret. Not, not for me. You know, a thief will do it sneakingly in secret. But a robber, come right in your face and take what belongs to you and dare you to say or do anything about it. So it's interesting to me that he used the term robber because we come right up in God's face. It's my money. Well, he already told us what part belonged to him. Tell me to do with my money. And we, we treat God like that. He's like, okay. Go on with your bad self. Eternity belonged to me, and you're going to want some of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what you get. Huh? He's got rewards for us that far exceed anything we can accomplish in the natural. He can blow your employment up. He can blow your business up. He can send a grant your way to change your entire family's life. We're holding on and we're struggling with this a little bit. Think we, you know. I, I like the way my apostle said, he said, being trying to be big when little got you. Huh? See, we, we got to get to this place to realize that God has more for us because he's put so much in us. And he wants us to rise up. He wants us to understand and allow him to be God in all these areas of our lives. So that as we understand the gift of salvation, we understand the work that he wants us to do, both in ministry and in the world, for his glory. We understand the rewards that he has for us lined up and spoken of throughout Scripture. Put it all together. Don't get stuck in one place. But putting it all together so that we can live a life for his glory. All the way around. Let's stand. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to quit. Pray that you've heard the heart of God this morning. Hallelujah. As we break strongholds, as we break paradigms, as we, we get better understanding so we can release 
all that he has already prepared for us into our lives, into our situations, into our circumstances. God ain't fitting to do nothing. He's already done it. Huh? He's just waiting for you to step into it. He's just waiting for you to, to surrender to him. Huh? It's already been prepared. It's already been done for us. And he wants us to understand the potential, the power that he has invested in us from our conception. Greatness is in every single one of us. Huh? You know, it ain't just one or two people. <laughs> that's a misnomer. Huh? That, that, that's that like saying, well, God, you know, modified the DNA he put in me, but he didn't give you the same ability. No. I got seven children. They all got the same DNA. Uh, and they're passing that DNA, that mitochondrial DNA, down to my grandkids. And they, they can identify who they are, if they really belong to me or not. Huh? Why? That's how powerful it is. My DNA is that strong. How about God? Huh? And I like to say his DNA is that divine and nature and attributes that's in you. Let it come forth. Just tell somebody next to you, let it come forth. Let it come forth. Let it come forth. Let it come forth. Let God arise in you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just call upon you right now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your power in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for what it is that, that you're creating in us even now. As we trust in you, Lord, as we yield ourselves to you, we say, have your way, God. We want, we want to be that salt. We want to be that light, God. We want to be that city that's set up on a hill that cannot be hid. So help us, Lord, as we lay aside all the things. Let us, help us to pull off all the shades, all the shrouds that cause us not to shine like you want us to shine. Help us to lay aside this flesh. Help us, Lord, not to resist you and your spirit and your word any longer. But to yield unto you, God, that, that you can be glorified in us and through us. We thank you right now. I pray over your people, God. I pray over each one. God, you know where we are. You know our issues. You know our struggles, God. You know the errors that we're still tripping. Hallelujah. You know all about it, God. And I say, have your way in each one. Have your way in each one of us, Lord, that as we rise, as we lay aside those things, Lord, as we come into alignment with your spirit, your will, God, that we may come into alignment with the vision of this place and this house where you sent us, that we can accomplish the things that you sent us here to do for your glory, God. Not as unto man, but as unto you. Use us that you can be magnified. Use us that you can be glorified. Lord, I pray for anyone that has not given their life to you today. Lord, that even now that you begin to stir their hearts, God, Lord, that they would come to this altar, God, and they would, they would say, I want to do his will. I want to allow God to be my Lord and Savior. Stir them now, God. Move the fear. Move the, the, the issue. Move the, the resistance. Even there, that they might yield to you, God. Even the one, God, that has walked away, help them to have a mind, God, to recommit today. To say, you know what, I want, I want to get back in alignment with, with you, Lord. So we pray right now for those people, oh God, that that might be in our midst, that you would draw them even now. Have your way, God. Have your way in us, God, as we yield ourselves to you. As we yield ourselves to you. 
We thank you and we praise you right now in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here, amen, and you need to recommit your life or you haven't done that yet, I encourage you to come.